Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome to the Edge of Sports Podcast. I'm Dave Zirin. This week, we are giving the show over to the lost art of conversation. It is myself and my good friend, the hoops referee slash author slash coach extraordinaire, Kevin McNutt, a.k.a. The Coach. We recorded this at WPFW Studios in D.C. It's The Coach and I covering a whole host of topics. First, I give my heartfelt goodbye to my friend, baseball player and author Jim Bouton, who passed away this week at the age of 80. Got to talk about the legacy of Jim Bouton and his genius book, Ball Four, which changed sports writing forever. Then we break down the historical and political importance of the U.S. women's national soccer team and their World Cup victory. And lastly, the coach peppers me with Mount Rushmore questions. And I mean peppers me. As in, who is on my Mount Rushmore of political athletes? Who is on my Mount Rushmore of boyhood heroes? Who's on my Mount Rushmore of athletes that I've met? Of athletes who've disappointed me? You get the idea. We had a blast, and I wanted to share it with you. It's a little different, and I hope you dig it. So here we go. Me, Dave Zirin, and the coach, Kevin McNutt, right here on the Edge of Sports Podcast. Welcome to the collision. This is usually the part where I say, he's a Tom Thomas, I'm Dave Zyron, here at your home for Jazz and Justice, 89.3 FM WPFW, coming to you live from Washington, D.C. But, Tom Thomas is not here today, in his stead is the coach, Kevin McNutt, how you doing coach? My man. My man indeed. <laughs> oh, I got you this time, Dave. Tom Thomas is not here because there's anybody out there listening who checks his Facebook page or his Twitters, you know he was at the ESPY Awards mm-hmm. last night, mm. dressed to the nines, uh-huh. he was. Uh-huh. <laughs> Along with his wife, Nicole, they just look terrific. Shout out to you both. Hope you're enjoying your summer. Yeah. But I had to come in. But look, he got some explaining to do as the well, ESPN and the ESPYs. Mm, he okay. has some explaining to do. I'm curious how that came <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, Tom no being a critic of the worldwide leader. I'm curious how that came about. But Especially I, with you and me because we are big critics of uh, – And so is Zatan. <laughs> we give Zatan all the love in the no world. Question. All the love because we, what we have to do on this show is, is excavate what's going on in the world of sports. Zatan and I wanted to do the, the show last week on July 4th, but we were preempted by a day-long July 4th coverage, uh, which is all good. 
to folks out, out of town and whatnot. We wanted to do it because there's such a whirlwind of NBA free agency. But first, we've got a couple of other things to cover, Coach. Mm-hmm. A couple other things. I mean, obviously, I want to talk about the U.S. Women's World Cup team uh, because that's sports and politics walking together like few things we've seen in some time. Mm-hmm. But before we start that, speaking of sports and politics, I, I, I have to lead off the show by giving a fond farewell, rest in peace, See you on the other side to a man who just passed away at the age of 80, albeit after years of, of dementia. So it's it's not one of those things where you say uh, he was so young at 80. I mean, he's been hurting for a long time. And that's uh, the legendary uh, writer slash pitcher Jim Bouton, mm-hmm. author of the most influential baseball book of all time, Ball Four. Ball Four. I read it. I mean, yep. Yeah. An American classic. Yep. And he also is the author of the best book about stadium funding that I've ever read called Foul Ball, which is a terrific like, – it's how I met Jim Bouton. Through, he wrote this book, oh, okay. Foul Ball, okay. about his efforts to save uh, this old, uh, incredible ballpark in Pittsfield, Massachusetts against the folks who wanted to tear it down and build some new multi-million dollar uh, sports arena to draw people to Pittsfield, Mass which is not exactly a mecca right. of people. And, and so he wrote about, no, no, we have to save this old ballpark. And uh, he worked to do that. He wrote Foul Ball. It was a beautiful book. I wrote a review of it. He reached out to me. I reached out to him. We did a couple panels together. Got to know Jim Bouton very well. And, you know, he's going to be sorely missed. I mean, he's been missed for some time because, you know, he hasn't been right. But he it's just like as somebody who's been this constant critic in the world of sports, as somebody who is unrepentant resistance personality in the world of sports, unrepentant free spirit, the person who inspired Pete Rose to stand on the dugout, the dugout steps and yell at Jim Bouton as he tried to pitch. Bleep you, Shakespeare. Bleep you, Shakespeare. <laughs> That's what, what Pete Rose tried to get all these people to chant that at him because he, what he did was he was a truth teller. And what's so funny is if you go back and read Ball Four now, mm. it will seem like a very sweet book, like a love letter, if you will. Mm to wacky life in the locker room. Mm. You know, there's nothing in there that's about how, you know, th- this player was was like, you know, sleeping with this other player's wife and there's nothing in there that 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 would that's untoward, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's about them just being wacky individuals and, you know, and, and just sort of like being together as a team and all the crazy things that could happen when you load a bunch of dudes on a bus and and you, you drive them around the country mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that that that's the book. And but when it came out, the mere fact that he wasn't talking about athletes as if they were Hercules on the mount, the mere fact that he was talking about athletes in a ways that humanized them. Frailties. Yes. Mm-hmm. The frailties of the athlete that that turned him into an enemy of the powers that be in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And I, I miss Jim I very see. much. Personal friend. I see. Personal I friend. I, I miss him. And I hope out of this, if people read Ball Four or people read the book Foul Ball, I mean, you're going to get a sense of who he was. He writes with such incredible grace and humor. And, man, I'm missing me some Jim I Bouton. I see. I see. I really am. And you know what the other thing that made people so upset is, of course, uh, some of the stories he told. It's so interesting you read Ball Four because the primary stories he tells are about the time he was a New York Yankee mm-hmm. and won a 20-game winner for the New York mm-hmm. Yankees in the early 60s at the tail end of their great dynasty. And then at the very end of the 1960s uh, when he's playing for a team that doesn't exist anymore called the Seattle Pilots. 
a one-year mm-hmm. expansion team, mm-hmm. and he's trying to make his way back into the major leagues by mastering the knuckleball because mm-hmm. he lost his arm. So he gives you these two incredible perspectives of being on a Yankee team at the tail end of its great identity and at the tail end of trying to make it on a team that's that's you know that's just the, the flotsam and jetsam of major league baseball. Mm-hmm. So I miss Jim very much and I have for some time and and that that's all I really had to say Good just a a, tr- a true resistance fighter. I I've interviewed him many times. I'm going to try to put one of my interviews about him up online so people can get a sense who he was and what he was about. Beautiful. So would you beautiful. <sighs> Onward to the next the next phase. This is the collision. Sports and politics collide. I'm here with the coach Kevin McNutt. So coach, US women's national team. Mm-hmm. Let me say what I'm gonna say about Come Megan Rapino and company and what they did. <laughs> Come strong. All right. Not sin- you know, I you know I don't compare people to Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And I'm not doing so now. But, however, <laughs> yeah, this is all the thing I was going to say. Come on. Is that. I got to raise eyebrow when you start going with Ali. No, I know. <laughs> because what made Ali Ali, even before he came out against the war in Vietnam, even before he joined the Nation of Islam, actually, mm-hmm. what made Ali Ali and what made the media, not just the white media, but the black press as well, which was made up of older writers, what, what made them so... Uh, repelled by Ali was that he talked it and then he walked it. Correct. He said, I'll knock that man person out in three, I'll knock that person out in four, and then he would go out and do if it. You try to run, I'll get you in one. Yeah, exactly. He would do it. Talk jab, I'll get you in five. Yes. If you want some more, I'll get you in four. He would do <laughs> all on, of that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Yes. No, no, no. It's right. <laughs> if you want to leave this ring alive, you'll go down in five. He would do it all. And... This, if you think the fix is in, I'll get you in <laughs> oh, six. I got you started. I know, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> All right, so so he would do that. He would talk it and then he walk it. And I don't think anybody has talked it and walked it in that way since Ali. And I'm I'm open to suggestions. Quite like Megan Rapino, I mean, because she talked it, and Donald Trump, the president of the darn United States. A person who, by the way, just a couple weeks ago was credibly accused of rape, and we seem to have forgotten that. Mm-hmm. But the, the president of the United States said on Twitter, capital letters, that you better win before you talk. And her mm-hmm. response was, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk, then I'm going to win, and then I'm going to talk some more. And that's exactly what she did. Not only did she lead the U.S. women to the World Cup. She won the Golden Boot Award for the most goals. She won the MVP Award for the whole World Cup. And when it was all said and done, she's been on CNN. She's been on MSNBC. She gave a speech in New York. I mean, and she's been talking not just about the kind of team that they are, but the kind of world that they want to live in. I wrote in The Nation, and I stand by this, that this is a social movement that happens to play soccer, Mm. this team. I mean, down at the Canyon of Heroes in New York, people weren't chanting USA, USA, mindless patriotism because of the victory of the U.S. team. They were chanting equal pay, mm-hmm. not USA, mm-hmm. but equal pay. And so it's been a social movement about gender equity. It's been a social movement about the, the place of women in sports. And it's been a social movement that's getting results. Just the other day. A very right-wing Demo- – the most right-wing Democratic senator of them all, a person who should probably be a Republican, Joe Manchin from West mm-hmm. Virginia, yep. 
not someone who anybody associates with progressive politics because he likes kissing up to the Virginia base that voted for Trump by 40 points. Uh, he voted for, for Kavanaugh, for goodness sakes, on Supreme Court, whatever. Uh, Joe Manchin, he put forward a bill that said that the United States would not give federal funding to host the 2026 World Cup, which they're due to host with Mexico and Canada, unless there was equal pay. Joe Manchin did this? Yes. Mm. No money wow. for the Men's World Cup mm. unless the women are paid equally. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's powerful. Oh, yeah. Like actually stopping federal funding to put on an mm-hmm. event of that caliber. Mm-hmm. And so it just goes to show you the degree to which they've, they've uh, penetrated the consciousness and, of course, Megan Rapino isn't just talking about equal pay. She's talking about all kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. She's talking about LGBTQ rights. She's talking about uh, Colin Kaepernick's right to dissent. She's talking about the athlete's right to dissent. Uh, she's talking about uh, racism. She's talking about sexism. She's talking about Donald Trump and what he represents. And I just think the fact that not only did she talk it, but she walked it. Is why my mind goes to Ali. And I'll tell you, when Ali's most famous quote, he had so many quotes that were written down beforehand, so many quotes that were um, that, that were done in a way that was very planned. He read, read from speeches. Ali did all these things. But his most famous line is certainly to me a quote that came right off the top of his noggin when he said, I, I, I bet you I know where you're going with where this. Where am one. I going? Um, I'm, not, I'm not here to be who you want me to be. No, that's my favorite quote. Okay. And that also came from the top of the noggin. I don't have to be who you want me to be. Right. I, I, I got to give a bow down to you, coach, because that's my favorite Ali quote. Right, right. I don't have to be who you want me to be. But the quote that has stood the test of time is, I ain't got no quarrel with them Viet Cong. You don't okay. think? That to I, me is I'm, I'm losing the connection, though. Because that quote was so bracing at the time, because yep. people weren't speaking out against the war in Vietnam, gotcha. except for a small group of largely white college students. Right. You didn't have anybody saying something like that. So when Ali said that, it gave the college students confidence, and it also pushed the black freedom fighters in groups like SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. It pushed, it pushed them to say, okay, we need to talk about Vietnam. We can't just be talking about the South and Jim Crow. We need to connect the war abroad with the war at home. Uh, we need to make those kinds of, of political uh, uh, chains come together. We need to make those links. And when Megan Rapinoe was caught on camera, she was caught on camera saying, I'm not going to the bleeping White House. Mm-hmm. To me, it had that ring to it. Mm, okay. That I ain't got no quarrel with ring. Mm, and mm. It, may, it may, it you know, that sort of thing mm. where it sets your the back of your, the hairs on your neck up because mm-hmm. you're thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. did she just do that? Mm-hmm. I believe she did. <laughs> well, because well, with, with all that Trump's saying, you know, that was <laughs> that was an easy easy target for her to do, and and again, she won. I, as a matter of fact, I read some. She said uh, something that she won in her fights with Trump, and he's backtracking. Uh, did I say, well, I was going to invite you to the White House? Uh, yeah. We'll see, and if I can fit in my schedule. He's, ridiculous. Oh, he's ridiculous. And, and, and you're saying Rapino, her teammates are on this. Bit. Yeah, her you teammates know, too. You know, yeah, she's not standing by herself. Huge. The yeah. solidarity is huge. Yeah. Um, and they've backed her up, uh, even if they think it might risk their standing. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're coming That's together. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. someone like Alex Morgan uh, could be a, a superstar every which way but Sunday. Uh-huh. And you know she's choosing to take a different right. tack right. going forward. Right. And it's just like there's an inclusivity to Rapino's message if you heard her speech at the Canyon of Heroes. And you, you, you compare and contrast that to the divisiveness of Donald Trump. It's a very powerful thing. 
because she's basically like, look, look at our team. Mm-hmm. And the contrasting with this incredibly bitter old man mm. tweeting from his toilet at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, you wrote that. All the that all the caged line. children in the world <laughs> unable to fill the hole in his heart. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you compare and contrast that. I read all you. You yeah, were yeah, on yeah. time with your article, brother. Yeah, ahead, brother. You know what I'm saying. We <laughs> um, know Megan Rapinoe. She reminds me of this song from uh, Tom Petty. Who said you've got a heart so big it can crush this town? Like mm. she's got a heart so mm. big it can mm. crush. It has the capacity mm. to crush, and that to me is a beautiful thing. I could go on and on about it because I don't think you can say enough about this U.S. team. Okay, but here's the question: What happens next? I mean, it's the rush, the four. You know, they were in New York, ESPYS, so forth, so on. What's what happens next? I mean, is it, I, I sometimes I think Trump so just interesting. You say put that. stuff out there. He says, okay, let's go. They're going, they're going to shoot arrows at me for 24 hours, and then it's gone. Let's just weather the storm, and then you know, then the next one. What's going to happen? How can <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, how no, do we, no. How do we the keep the moment, momentum going? That's the great question. That's the actually the exactly the same thing that Megan Rapinoe has been saying. Mm-hmm. She's been saying, how do we make sure that this is the first step and not the last step? Mm-hmm. And I think the next step is going to be this equal pay issue. Mm-hmm. That I mean, because in March they sued. And they brought a lawsuit, a civil suit about uh, the equal pay issue, the the U.S. women's national team. And now the question – it's in negotiation, in mediation right now. And there's going to be a ton of pressure that's put on uh, FIFA to do the right thing here uh, for the simple reason that all this data has come out about the audience and the profits that mm-hmm. are taking place. Mm-hmm. And because, you, know, you know, people make these arguments all the time about the WNBA, like how can you ask for – you know, more money when you just, you know, your revenue is just right. a sliver of right. what the NBA. Right. Now, there's a different question about the NBA, the WNBA in terms of how that revenue is divided that the right. WNBA does make, which is very tilted towards the owners mm-hmm. and, and much more so than the NBA, mm-hmm. partly because the union in the NBA is, is stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you compare and contrast that with the women, the women have the best selling jerseys. The women are drawing in more revenue. This is an analysis of the Wall Street Journal. Well, I got you. I got you. I, I hear you. Yeah. So it's like that they're making yeah. 13 times yeah. less than the yeah. men yeah. on a global scale. Mm-hmm. I mean, that says a yeah. great deal. Yeah. And uh, so, okay. But you're talking about, and, 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 and that's a good fight. And That's step one. Right. But I'm talking about in terms of Trump, <laughs> her fight against Trump and, and, and that, because that's the most pressing thing in all the world. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, you know, and, 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 I don't know where that goes right. next. Right. I mean, what does she do? Does she call a national march? Probably not. It'd be nice. Couldn't hurt. Yeah. Couldn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always know that we run into trouble when we start thinking, um, historically, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. we run into trouble when we start thinking an athlete shall lead us. That always gets us into mm-hmm. trouble. Because I've always said this, that the battle, the movement, it always starts off the athletic field and then it ricochets onto the athletic field. And then the athlete has an indispensable role in terms of amplifying the message and getting more people involved. But that's always been my analysis of it, that an athlete cannot independently build a social movement. They can do amazing things like LeBron starting that school, Mm -hmm. like Megan Rapinoe standing up the way she is. But you know, know if you're talking about mass action, that's a tough thing to put on her shoulder. But here's the thing, and this is what I'm talking about. You know, people say, well, leave Tiger alone because he's, um, you know, uh, uh, he's just a golfer and all that. I'm saying, no, he's a black man. And Mm. with, with Megan, I'm saying at this point in time, what has to happen with the change over the White House? I don't care who starts it. I don't care who leads it. All hands on deck. Mm, you're feeling that? Oh, no question. <clears throat> all hands on deck. So she does. You know, do what she does in her realm. 
uh, we just got to get it done. This is not the time mm-hmm. for I'm the leader. You're, you know, I'm the star. You're, the, you're on the bench. Whatever. We yeah. all got to go ahead and. and uh, <laughs> we all got to get off the bench. <laughs> there you go. That's a great. Yeah. So that, that that's a well, very good way to put it, sir. Mm. And if anybody out there, uh, we don't have these queued up, so I'm just saying this right now. Anybody out there. Uh, who, if you can just search online and listen to Megan Rapino's interview with Anderson Cooper on CNN, listen to her interview with Rachel Maddow on MSNBC, you hear Megan Rapino speak in a way that you don't hear athletes speak too much. Mm. It's really bracing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I recommend I it. Can dig it. Yeah, 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 I can dig it. I yeah. knew that you could. Hey, let's <laughs> go to break right now. Uh oh, we, we, we got to go to break because when we come back, oh, I got you. I got uh, you. we're talking some NBA. Zyra and Zingers. No, we we gonna talk Zyra and Zingers. I got okay. you, boy. You got I me. Got you. All right, you all right. I have it. no idea. I have no idea what coach is gonna ask me when we come back. I got to speak off the top of the noggin. I, I I am absolutely bewildered with what's about to take place. I feel the 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 fluid starting to leak out of my ears. What? What is this fluid? Let's go to break right now. We'll be back right after this. We'll be back right after this. But first, a quick word from the sponsor of this podcast, The Nation Magazine. Okay, look, the need for independent journalism has never been more important. And The Nation brings it each and every week like they've been doing since 1865. I'm serious. This is what you got to read. It's The Nation Magazine. Go to thenation.com slash subscribe. And please never forget that when you support The Nation Magazine, you are also supporting the continued existence of this podcast. So please subscribe. Go to www.thenation.com slash subscribe. And now back to the Edge of Sports podcast. This is The Collision, 89.3 FM, WPFW, the only show that's the collision of sports and politics on these airwaves, ESPN free as always. Uh, Let me tell you something. That was Magic Mike putting that together, Super Bad by James Brown, right into one of the classic hip-hop anthems that samples Super Bad, I Go to Work. By the legendary <laughs> Cool Mo D. Not to be confused with I Work by Big Daddy Kane, two songs that came out contemporaneously. Listen to you, so what? you got I Go to Work and I Work by two legends, two different tracks. You the man. Just putting you it out man. there. God. Just putting it yeah, out there. Okay. In the last section, uh, and people can go online actually uh, and listen to the show if you missed the first uh, section of the, of the program. Uh, we were talking, and it was fantastic, about the legacy of the late, great Jim Bouton. Rest in peace, my friend. And we were talking about the legacy that's being written in the present tense by the U.S. women's uh, national team, soccer team, of course, uh, led by Megan Rapino. And now the coach is here. And other than talking about Sammy Davis Jr., he's got something else on his mind. <laughs> by the way, I want to throw out there, if you've never seen the movie Tap, starring Gregory Hines, with an amazing performance by Sammy Davis Jr. towards mm. the end of his life, I can't recommend mm. That there's this great scene where Gregory Hines is uh, breaking up with, with with his lady and played by Suzanne Douglas, mm-hmm. and he's walking away from her, and she says, "Wait a minute, I don't deserve that." And he looks at her and he says, "You never did." Mm. Oh, break your mm. heart. Mm. But yeah, yo, you've got some. Zi- so yeah, yo, before we go into go talking about the NBA and free agency, some late news Uh-oh. right right off the pike. Uh, is that it's looking very strong that Russell Westbrook is going to be leaving the Oklahoma City Thunder and going to the Miami Heat. Uh, just yesterday, the greatest indication of this is that someone photoshopped a picture online of Russell Westbrook in a Miami Heat jersey, and Russell Westbrook, quote-unquote, liked it. 
Hey, that's how the uh, coach. You got to get with the young people, man. That's how that's how you learn stuff these days. <laughs> that's what us media members are doing. We're combing Instagram yeah, for likes. Yeah. You know, Ugh. I'm a referee, right? Yes, and, you are. And all this social media stuff. That's like crowd noise to me. It's, which I which I got to segue in Coco Golf. Coco Golf, because we did want okay. to talk about. Just, um, no, we'd no, be no, talking no, about her a lot more if she'd won right. that round of sixteen but, against but, Simone but, Halep for sure. But here's the deal. She's 15. 15, amazing. She, and, you know, to get where she's and, and I even, I'm like, wow, at 15. And if you, t- I would tell her two things about 15. That's great, but she's only 15. And there's no such thing as youth deferred. Mm. So I would tell her to enjoy your youth, your teenage years. Um, that's one. And two, all the social media hit her from, uh, Michelle Obama to Snoop Dogg about great and all this kind of stuff. That's fine. Then get off of it because mm. <laughs> don't get into Karen, uh, uh, Kevin Durant issues and all that. Get off of it. You know, enjoy. Uh, I have no idea what her family situation is. It's strong. I saw her father and mother uh, on, uh, at center court. I saw some of the tennis match. Matter of fact, I think Serena's playing now, by the way, in the semifinals. Um, so it looks like, you know, her, her, her core is intact, nuclear family. So I'm wishing her all the best. But something when I started at 15, you know, it can, it can go left just as fast as it can go, you know. Because, you know, there, there, let's talk about this. There's a legacy of women, not just black women by mm-hmm. any way, shape or form, but women uh, in tennis who burn out after their teenage mm-hmm. years. I mean, you just have to say exactly. the names Tracy Austin, mm-hmm. uh, Mary Pierce, even Jennifer Capriati, who was able right. to come back from being a phenom right. after everybody wanting to know who she was at 13. Right. Uh, you know, she, she entered some very hard times uh, right. with drugs and crime and things like that. Right. And they, they all had uh, very, I would say, frightening fathers oh, and, and, okay. and dominating them uh-huh. in, in such a way. And... Right. The, the difference with Serena and Venus is that Richard Williams protected them. Right, yes. He yeah, chose to be yeah. the lightning rod. Right. So instead of being yet another source right. of pressure in their lives, right. he took some of the pressure yep. off of them. Yep. Yep. And that's what I hope Coco Goff right. has. I have no idea right. they what the to, family dynamics are. They tried to are. portray Richard as a lunatic. Oh, but, of course but, they did. But, but he was he was sly as a fox. Oh, yeah. Because he, he took a lot of the, the slings and arrows so that baby girls couldn't do their thing. So, exactly. Yeah, I have a lot of admiration for uh, for for him. And the so, proof yeah. of the pudding is in the eating. Like, you look at the kind of women uh, Venus and Serena are right yep. now. It, yep. it, it's amazing. Yep. Uh, yep. I mean, they're, they're global leaders, really, mm-hmm. more than just tennis mm-hmm. players. Oh, yeah. No question. And I hope Coco Goff has that level. I mean, because it's such a different media landscape now. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier to protect people back when Serena was coming up than it is oh, right yeah. now. Oh yeah, that's when social media is one for one. And um, so anyway, I just that, that was just on my heart because I was rooting for her and, and 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 I'm saying, but 15. Man. She would have been the first 15 year old to win Wimbledon since the 19th century yeah. when Lottie Dodd won five Listen in a row. To you, man. See, one well, is a 15 you know, year okay, old. Okay, okay, enough showing off. I'm ready. I got Lottie you. Dodd. I got you. I got you. you I know got why you. Lottie Dodd was able to win that I first no one? <laughs> because uh, three people played. Or no, no, no. They had a lot of people, <laughs> okay. but she got um, back then. Women had to play in corsets on the on the court, and she got a corset exemption because she was so young. They didn't think it was is proper for right? her to wear a corset, so she wore actually her school uniform. Is on the court right? and beat women who were couldn't breathe because they were wearing corsets. Which leads into you are, and I, I, I call you two things: a sports historian, I thank you, sir. and an ollieologist. I because you, you know, I don't know anybody knows t-shirt. more about Ollie than you. Get me a t-shirt. But I also 
am going to do what you asked me to do Uh-oh. because as I told people that you know this is your show and Dave Zion there's two rules in the show one rule number one remember that Dave Zion the star rule number two is never forget rule number one so oh, I got you partner so I have I have done your my due diligence I have come up with you know, we do Zion zingers let's do it but it's a special edition the Zion zingers Mount Rushmore oh. edition. And I almost feel bad that I'm going to ask you these things. Because here we go. I'm going to give you some Mount Rushmore uh, where you got to pick your top four. But it's not. Well, I'm just going to I'm, I'm going to I'm going to ask you the questions. And this is tough because as I wrote them and then I try to put my Mount Rushmore together, I got stumped. I mean, because yep. you go so many directions. You stumped yourself. I stumped myself. Good Lord. <laughs> Good God. I have this image of you walking into a wall over and over again. By the way. I stumped myself. But I ran some of this by my crew, my St. Anthony's high school boys, my, my team. I got a shout out to them. But let's get started, Dave. Here's the first one. And we're going to come back to this one because this is the most dominant question. Your Mount Rushmore of favorite athletes of all time based on skill, talent, dominance of their sport, the inspiration and motivation that that particular athlete provided you, the political and social impact and contribution, all of that in one to get your four, your Mount, Mount Rushmore. Now I'm going to, now here's the, here's the deal. We're going to come back to that one because that's the heaviest one of the other. No, no, no. The no, I got you that got off the, the top the, of the night. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I asked, this is amazing. Cause I, cause I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Without giving it some deep thought, and I know oh, yeah. you on the spot, but come on, you oh, gotta you, go. You, you just have to let me have one of them be a two-headed monster. Go, whatever you got. Right, because I think two you this can't separate. Uh, absolutely, we go Muhammad Ali. Check. Uh, absolutely, I have him. All right, we absolutely we go Billy Jean King. Uh, the the power, the symbolism, the 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 enduring importance. Billy Jean King played a role. Uh, even in organizing the U.S. women uh, soccer team to fight for equal pay. I mean, that just gives you an idea of a legacy that expands 50 huh. years. Okay. Absolutely Bill Russell. Got him. That's two. I, he's on my list. Yeah. Yep. And then the fourth, I'm asking for a two-head right here. Come on. Because I just, it's impossible for me to se- separate John Carlos and Tommy Smith. Okay. 1968 yeah. Olympics. You might use them again, another one, I, another one I got yeah, here. Yeah, but, but, but okay. that, that's my Mount Rushmore. Wow. It's Ali, Russell, Billie Jean King, and Tommy Carlo, T- Tommy Smith and John, John okay. Carlos. I got Carlos and them on, on another one. I had Ali, Russell, Kareem, and LeBron. Um, and, and I'm not going to... Ah, you, you, gave, you gave us a sausage fest. <laughs> All dudes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, Russell, uh, LeBron, and I'm, I'm going to move on. Everything that happened with free agent last week was was LeBron. LeBron. When he when he did, I'm taking my towns to Miami. Yeah, you're right. You know? I mean, we have to start talking about LeBron being on this list in terms of like pure uh, the way someone changed the sport. Right. My LeBron story is always this one, is uh, when LeBron early in his career said that he had two goals in the NBA. One was being um, a, the first billionaire athlete, mm-hmm. and the second was being a quote-unquote global icon like Muhammad Ali. And I always thought to myself when he said that as a, as a teenager – that, whoa, those are two very interesting goals, but they're not necessarily two goals that go together because mm-hmm. Ali is a global icon because of what he sacrificed. And yet here's LeBron James somehow becoming this activist mogul. Mm-hmm. Like my imagination was not expansive enough to see that Ma, that, that LeBron James wow. could somehow cover both well bases. Said. And yet he's able to become this mogul activist and synthesize these two ideas. Gotcha. Next one. You're Mount Rushmore. Of favorite athlete based on style, 
beauty, elegance, 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 she play the game. You know how you how how you wanted to be the athlete because of their style. Now I'm not getting into the heavy stuff of uh, the uh, the social impact all right. and all that. Now watch this, but here, but here I got I'm, some, but I'm bringing, I got I'm bringing, for you. But I'm bringing I got this question up now. I got some for you. Here it is. I got I'm some, doing this in some two knowledge segments. For your behind. I'm doing this in two segments, Dave. Mm-hmm. Follow me here. Age, youth to 21, because because that period, understand, in that period, you wanted to be that athlete. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you have a fascination yeah, yeah, yeah. with Before sports. I'm 21 years old. Right. Then we go 21 after, because hopefully, you, as a mature young man, you just, you don't want to be the athlete anymore, but you want, you you uh, you marvel at their achievement. The marvel at their achievement. Accomplishments. So now, under Ooh. age 21. First. Under age 21. Are you yeah, ready for this? And we're only talking about, the, you know, you just, oh, man, I just love the way they do what they do. All right. Come on. Check this out. Come on. Uh, Bernard King. I hear you. See, hey, hey, grew up in New York City. I, let me let me freeze right there. Because one thing I want to do, uh, um, um, I'm doing this. You know, we're passing not, on history. This is more, more personal. Yes, relations. yes, yes. This is all Jackie personal. Robinson and all those guys. No, no, guys, no, no. no. These are people I grew up who inspired right. me. And you're a New York cat, so come New on. New York cat. It was, so it was Bernard King. King. Uh-huh. Uh, it was Dwight Gooden. Oh, okay. A great pitcher for the Mets. It New was it was David Winfield, Dave Winfield, Winfield for the Yankees. Oh my goodness, six foot seven, drafted yep. in three different sports. I hear you. Oh Come my on. goodness, watching Man, Dave Winfield. <laughs> and the fourth was a boxer who a lot of people might not remember, named Aaron the Hawk Pryor. Yeah, Aaron Pryor. Aaron, yeah. Aaron Pryor could punch you from five different angles yeah. in about a three second span. Uh, his career was shortened. What was he middleweight? Uh, you know, he was uh, he wasn't gosh, heavy. Can, no, he wasn't heavy. No, no, no. Yeah. He was a middle or lower. Yeah. Um, now I don't think he was a middle. I, I got now. I got to look it up. Yes, that's okay. um, but but the, the point is, is that Aaron Pryor was somebody who inspired me growing right. up. I would watch every Aaron Pryor. So this fight. is this is this is young and okay. And Aaron Pryor barely barely edges out uh, <laughs> Prince George's County's own Sugar Ray Leonard. Is that right? Yeah. So you big you big boxing. I was fan. A, growing up. I was a. <laughs> Huge boxing fan. Huge. Huge. I could name like the rankings in Ring Magazine off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. Mine, Earl Monroe. I just had a fascination to the. Good Lord, you're older than I am. Oh, no question. Uh, Ollie still makes that list again. Bob Gibson. Of course. Man, I had, a, you know, and Gail Sayers. Mm. Just one of the most beautiful players you ever wanted to see. Um, Ooh, on my list, I go. gotta, I gotta <laughs> oh, no, slip in there. Yeah, Mount Rushmore, baby. I gotta slip in there, um, just because watching her change my life was Martina Navratilova mm. playing the serve and volley mm. game. Uh, I mean, my goodness, winning the Martina Slam, six straight Grand Slams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martina was very special, and I would love to put in there just because she taught me about gender equity before I was twenty-one, just by watching her play, and that was the great Cheryl Miller. Okay, but see, I gotta blow the whistle player. on you. I, I said top four. Here you got that was that was six. Yeah, well, I, I see, know. That's, that's, that's I know. Good. I know. But anyway, know. And, and look, and here's part two of that over twenty one. All right, over twenty one. Oh, and I also need to say and here something you else. go again. No, 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 no. Go, go, go. Because Magic Mike was like looking at me, going <laughs> Ali, Ali, and I just have to say that before I was twenty one, I only knew Ali as a tragic figure. That's it. And so I, I, I just before I was twenty one, I was like, oh, that's the guy who was hit too much. That's all I and, and I remembered That's him deep. do and I remembered wow. him doing like raid commercials. Raid, kill roaches dead. Oh, right? you're twenty seven? I, I mean, gee, me no, I'm just I mean, well, I'm maybe just I'm a hundred because I remember you're, everything about Ali. Yeah, you're six thousand and thirteen. No, I mean I mean it's like talking to Methuselah over here. Oh, because they had YouTube oh, you're funny, when you were young. Yeah. It's Methuselah's daddy. All right. Let's, come on. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So 
so after 21, are you talking about, though, this is important. Yes. Are you talking about active athletes after they're 21, or are you talking Either way. about just people I then watched and was like, oh, my gosh, that inspires me to no end? Any way you want to do it, based on style, beauty, elegance. Style, beauty, and elegance. The way I they mean, play the game, just you know. But again, this is—it's not. You don't want to be the athlete now as a youngster. You want, you just marvel at their achievement, the, athlete, the way they did what they did. All right. So, so Muhammad Ali to has to. I mean, pre pre sixty eight, Muhammad Ali has to be on that list. Go. Sugar Ray Robinson. Watching old tape of sugar, that Sugar Ray has to be yeah, but, on that but over, list. Now, over twenty one now. I'm talking about. But that's when I went. Was old enough. But that's when I was old enough to go back and look at the tapes. Okay, fine. Okay, anyway, you would take this. That, that's my go. only point. I got you. Okay. Um, it, but but you know, but you know, my sport is is NBA above mm-hmm. all. Oh, and I put Serena Williams on this mm-hmm. as well. Check. So we got Serena, Ali, Sugar Ray Robinson, and if there was a basketball player who just captured my imagination. Like who is my appointment watching? Kurt I'm going. Rambis. I'm going local. <laughs> Not Kurt Rambis, Mike. Thank you so much for that. But but oh my goodness! But the answer, Allen Iverson. I got out. Okay, that's, boy, this is fascinating. Good stuff. Because I got I, I, Iverson coming on a, on a later answer. Um, check this out. That was a big one for me though because I, I remember in my early twenties, my NBA fandom for a little bit waned a little bit. Like towards the tail end of the Jordan Bulls strike mm-hmm. season, ninety eight, ninety nine, I was a little like, "Where's this league going?" Mm-hmm. Every, you know, playoff games were eighty four, eighty two, and double overtime. I was a little bit like, "Where's what year this we league about? going?" We're talking ninety eight, ninety nine. You I were concerned st- about where the league's going? Yeah, and I was fading this. a little bit from the sport, and then AI just right. sort of grabbed my attention okay. in in such a powerful way. I go back same question about the oh, NBA, but I, I go back to it for all the time. Say. Come on, well, come on. Just, just if I didn't say AI, I would say the young Stefan Marbury, Starbury. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Wilma Rudolph is in a, a 1960. Yeah, but see, I, but I never saw you, Jack. You never Johnson. saw that. So we so I mean, again, the footage is so difficult. Yeah. Coach has seen. He saw Jim Thorpe. Oh, see, they told me mm-hmm. see, that's Magic Mike in the background saying I saw Jim Thorpe. They hear me. I, I, I'm saying I, I, it I, out loud. Oh, okay, <laughs> but it, 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 I, I'll be Jonah as we say in the streets. But I, I want to get these in. Yeah, know, let's the get these in. So otherwise, I'll beat we, you we boys can up. post jokes. Wilma Rudolph is fantastic. <laughs> All I know about her though is from what I've read in history books. Like I never. Was able to see her. The footage from back then is very grainy. So, right. but but the legend of Wilma Rudolph is very respected on the collision. But before I tell you my four, getting back to the NBA, my concern was the NBA, and it was real that the NBA was dying because it was too black, too much, too much drugs, and so forth. And Magic and Bird saved it. Mm. And this is where I have an issue with Jordan. Jordan didn't know how blessed he was because he didn't have to work. Anyway, let me he walked on. into an amazing situation exactly. thanks to yeah. Magic and, and, Bird. and along with the, and his stardom rise rose with. ESPN. They had so much time to fill. But anyway, did you know go. that in 1979 the NBA Finals were shown on tape? Yeah, delay. of course. Yeah, I, I, I was there. <laughs> Magic, Magic Johnson shown on tape. 11:30 at night. Magic Johnson scores 42 for Kareem, which, which we're gonna talk about that one. But my over 21, Usain Bolt, Kareem, pre-scandal Tiger, mm. loved him prior to the scandal, and then then his career went downhill. And and again, LeBron James. Now my man Chuck, one of my best friends, is gonna say, "Hey, wait a minute, no Jordan." I'm just telling him this is my four. Had to keep the mountain rush for it. That's my four. 
Okay, next. Got to bring it back to you, coach. As, as a as, as a man who said Cheryl Miller and Serena and brought those things, and you as the father of one of the great basketball Yo, players <laughs> in Georgetown's history, Monica McNutt, I, I, I'm surprised there aren't more ladies on your list. I'm just putting uh, that out there. I'm just putting that out. When there. I, when I did this, it was it was devoid of ladies. Yep. Yep. I'm just putting that out. Yeah, there. I got you. Uh, I got given you. that you're Mon- Mc, Mc, Monica, I said Monica, Monica, Monica McNutt's father. Hey. I'm it's gonna let you just have my own right, but yeah, she right. is. Okay, <laughs> your Mount Rushmore of athletes that you have a personal bond connection with, such as a hometown hero, played as, you went to the same high school with the same college, or you possibly met, or you got in your case got to interview with, because I know you sat down with Ali oh, and yeah. some of the people. So that's a wide range. But you can take it any kind of way, any kind of time. All right. I mean, you got to start with the two people who I wrote books uh, for, uh, John Carlos and Michael Bennett. Uh, put them at mm-hmm. the top of the list. Uh, Michael Bennett, just the, the ultimate freedom fighter. I'm going to put Kaepernick there as well, because even though we just sort of message and I just really met him face to face one time. I mean, just I was so taken with him mm-hmm. top to bottom. And then fourth, I mean, someone who I'm in argument with right now about some issues. I don't want to get into it, but I mean, but but it would be Martina Navratilova. Is that right? Yeah, and okay. the fact that she's, you know, even though I disagree with her on some stuff, I don't want to get into right. it. But right. the but the fact that we disagree on some stuff, but that you know she takes it seriously enough that we go back and forth. Right. You know, I'm actually going to replace Martina here with Nancy. Um, no, um, God, who, Nancy Hogshead Macar. Uh, do you know she's a, a gold medal swimmer? Swimming. All right, so I'll okay. stick with Martina because okay. people know right. she is. Um, mine. Great again, question. All these guys here are local guys. Again, just like you talk about New York. Mine are Allen Iverson. Uh, I got the chance to referee him uh, as well as watch him uh, growth at Georgetown. John Lucas, another one. Ooh. Kevin Durant and Adrian Danley. Oh, for six four. Who's now Dantley a ref? Did. Yeah, he's a ref. In my we in the same uh, referee association. Yes, uh, I work with him, but see him at meetings and so forth. But uh, yeah, Danley was a. Again, a marvel. Six four, what he did. Mm. And he would come here. He would come in the summers. Well, first of all, he played high school at the same time I did. Uh, he's a couple years ahead of me. Um, but he would come to uh, Urban Coalition in the summer, which is just summer basketball, like Rucker League and so forth, and would dominate, talk trash. He and Lucas were two of the biggest trash talkers you ever want to meet. Wow! And they would back it up. Jump about backing it up. Yeah, they they would get it done. Okay, uh, Dan- Dantley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I modeled my game after Dantley. Like I, seriously, you mean when you couldn't get off the ground? No, because I had to play down on the block as a shorter <laughs> oh, person, oh, yeah, so yeah, I would yeah. watch That's tape. That's right. Of Five Dantley. nine center from the Bronx or Harlem, wherever you were raised. I, yes, I don't want to talk about. It. All right, your Mount Rushmore of athlete slash sporting event that just crushed your dreams, that you had so much high hopes for, <sighs> someone that you trusted to never let you down, which is something that this. So this is more of a kid because of the kids you have that is adult you don't trust. But anyway, uh, let them let them stand where it is, or surprise you that he or she took such a drastic turn of fortune. Oh, Not necessarily in the game. It could be a, you know a sporting events like you wanted them to win the game and they lost, or it could it could be society life. This, uh, is, this is a tough one. One, um, I, I got the, I got you on this. No, you don't. Come yes, on, I, I can't do. believe you're doing this off the top of your head that fast. When Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson coming from New York, and this is before Mike Tyson uh, had had his legal troubles, was convicted of rape. Um, of, of a, tr- a tremendous young person named Desiree Washington. Yep. I, I f- feel like 
that that isn't talked about enough, frankly. But but before that, Mike Tyson was just the kid from New York who made good. Mm. I followed his career like the back of my hand. Mm. His whole connection with Custom Auto, Jimmy Jacobs, top to bottom, and so to see him like uh, crawling mm-hmm. on the ground. Mm-hmm. Looking for his mouthpiece, mouthpiece yeah. after losing to Buster Douglas, That's a person good. who I previously I'd seen lose to Tony TNT yeah. Tucker, forty-two to one odds, forty-two to one. Yep, um, th- that that crushed me. Yeah, because okay, it, I did. And, that's then, what I'm asking. and when you're talking about the that that's a that's I, a game, if you will. Even though people say you know boxing is not a game, the old expression is you should always uh, play football instead of boxing because nobody plays boxing. Mm. And so, but but in that boxing match, if you will, yeah. that loss was crushing. Mm. As far as That's the deep. individual, I mean, I mentioned before. You go I anywhere. Mean, I'm Event, Mount Rushmore. Events, uh, athlete. I mean, go ahead, it, keep it, going. It has, to be, more. It has to be Dwight Gooden. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it has Come to on. be Daryl Strawberry mm. because growing you up in New York, because they're both Mets, most same era. Yeah, no, no. Because if I got to come up with four, I'm using no, the two I'm, of them. I'm gonna give, give you. I'm, you can, so I got Tyson. Because they're Mets stars. They were one, two. It was Gooden and Strawberry. Yeah, uh, um, rookie of the year time. in '83 yep. was Strawberry. Rookie yep. of the year in '84 yep. was I'll, Gooden. I'll let you combine that. And it just I'm, to, I'm to see to see to. drugs uh, tear down their ability and their yep. potential yep. in the 1980s. Yep. That, that was that was really painful. I keep a picture on my computer of Tyson, Gooden, and Strawberry all together, mm. with Tyson throwing sort of like a joking punch at them, and then being like, "Ha ha," yeah. you know, like they're falling over. Yeah. And wow. and you know, so that wow. that one plays very close to right, my you heart. You owe me two more. I owe you one more. No, no, you got I'm, strawberry I'm, I'm, and good. You, you can go two more. I, I, I can let right. you, I combine them. Absolutely crush. 1984 playoffs. Uh, the New York Knicks lose to the Boston Celtics in seven games in the second round. Bernard <laughs> King single-handedly willing them to seven games against the best front line in NBA history. Right. Talking about Bird, Parrish, right. and McHale. Gotcha. And so the fact they took it to seven games is right. just unreal. Okay. Before the series began, Cedric Cornbread Maxwell was Listen saying, was saying uh, Bernard King isn't going to score. 40 on us and he dropped like 46 I mean so that one hurt to no end it it, it wounded me and then the Mets losing in the 88 playoffs to the LA Dodgers that wounded me as Mm, well so it was the end of like uh, what we thought could be a dynasty I went uh, went real deep on this one Um, Tiger for one oh sure when he fell from grace all self inflicted Um, death of Lynn Bias Oh my God! How did I forget that? Right. Uh, oh, you see, this is the problem with doing right, it off the top of the. And that's noggin. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, I, I know this was tough. Um, <sighs> magic HIV. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then I you had got so um, much deeper than right. I got. And then then I had to go to an event because listen, you know, just like you were doing all, you, you referenced the Knicks and Bernard King. Georgetown losing to Villanova still have not gotten gotten me. Oh, I was rooting for Villanova, so that was fine. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> still haven't gotten there. Have not read. Uh, I've read about it. Haven't watched it again. Don't want to watch it again. Um, it was amazing. The Carolina loss when he lost two years earlier to Jordan. That's one thing. Jordan, Worthy, Perkins, that mob. But yeah, Villanova but, but Villanova won. shot seventy eight percent. Seventy eight percent. No, no, for the whole game they shot seventy eight percent. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> now they played but, the perfect game and won by only yep, two points. Yep, it's amazing. Yep. yep. And I think I had something on here, you know, talking about um, an injury thing, talking about Dwight Gooden. I was a kid. Gail Sears tore his knee up, and I sure. remember it like it was yesterday, a sweep against the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers in Keysar Stadium in the rain and mud, tackled by Kermit Alexander. Mm. His knee went out, 
never never was the same again. And that one, you know, I can remember like yesterday. Then that's why I brought it up. Downstairs okay. special. I want to actually apologize to the DMV for not saying Lem Bias because that that shook me to the core. No I, I'm you old can remember where you were when that happened. Oh yeah, I remember it. You know, remember it. Anyway, blown away. Your Mount Rushmore of athlete you saw in person. That's the key in person. Whose performance was so easy, so spellbinding, so magical, uh, or did something so breathtaking that you can still vividly recall the performance like it was yesterday? Easy, uh, easy. Magic Johnson. Which one? Oh, Who just watching we? him at Madison Square Garden. That's all. Athletes. Okay, saw in person. Okay, I got you. Just okay. these are just people you. watching in person. Okay. okay, like live right there. Okay, but I was I'm, as a kid watching Magic Johnson, okay. Michael Jordan. As a, as an adult watching right. Barry Lamar Bonds just take batting practice mm. was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 absolutely blew my mind. And um, and fourth, I'm going to go again with baseball and just mm. watching uh, Randy Johnson, left-hander uh. throwing 99. <laughs> With that wild mullet. <laughs> I mean, he's six seven. I mean, he was halfway to the six, mound ten. by the time. Six ten. That's right. But he's halfway to the mound by the time he released the ball. That's, that's and also <laughs> one of the funniest names in the history of sports. <clears throat> what? Randy Johnson. <laughs> I'm very immature. Sorry, coach. Keep going on. <laughs> right. um, I had a couple here. Coach is like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I understand over my head. <laughs> I was at a game where Georgetown played Virginia. Uh, Ewing's soft. No, Ewing's freshman year, Ralph's sophomore year. The game was staged just because they were the best. Ralph team. Sampson. Ralph Sampson. For folks listening. Ewing threw down a hook dunk mm. over Sampson, who contested it. Mm. The whole Seven building went silent. Everybody looked at your neighbor and then erupted in the loudest roar I've ever heard in sports. Mm. That was that. I have that. I called the Washington Post the next, the next morning. Got an eight by ten sent to me, and it's still hanging up in my house. <laughs> it was that powerful thing. Jim Brown crushing the Washington football team, integrating the Washington football team. <laughs> no, 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 Jim Brown. With no, the I know Brown. that. That's the old joke. Oh, okay. is that he hit the defensive line so hard, the all white team, that he integrated them. I saw him at, at RFK Stadium, man, proverbial man, man among boys. Sure, that was Jim Brown. That was Jim Brown. Um, the rise of Georgetown basketball. Mm. That was by, special. Led, led by John Thompson. St. Anthony's The way own. they play, the way the yeah, the way they played, they played with a street mentality. The epitome of the street mentality, bonding together and led by a black man, John Thompson. Watch the watch the way he started from when he went over there in '72. We were still in high school, but more so through the '80s with the Patrick Ewing years. And so, I'm not the only person who's ever said this, uh, but it's God's truth that I'm saying it to you. I grew up thinking that Georgetown was an HBCU. A lot of people said that. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of people said that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and, and, and the ultimate compliment to all of that was your, one of your New York guys, Louis Carnesecca. Sure. When Georgetown was fighting, battling everybody. They had a spree to core. You hit one, you hit the whole team, and they came out on the benches run. The one-three-one uh, defense. Well, no, yeah. Matter of fact, let me let me say that rules were changed because of the way Georgetown played basketball mm. in the Big East days. They they got tired of seeing all that blood on the on, on the ground and fisticuffs. That rules were put in effect today. Started with uh, Georgetown and John Thompson. Uh, Louis Louis Conaseca said, "Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> you might not like it, but I wish I had fourteen guys to play the same way." Mm. But anyway, I got I got I got one more here, or maybe two. Um, Right, ten fifty two. Where we've got to get okay, close right. to wind up. <laughs> Your Mount Rushmore of greatest athletic moment slash event. <sighs> now that one, I couldn't even get four on this one. 
All right. Um, All right. Kobe scoring 81 against Toronto. Check. An an amazing thing. And I'm not a Kobe guy at all. Neither am I. And I know that. But just watching that. that, Because it was in the flow of the game. Yeah. Because it was in the flow. And I think him doing 81 in that context is actually more impressive than Wilt's 100. Well, I never saw that. We never saw that. No one ever saw it. Uh, Somewhere there's a tape. Everybody said he was there and and joined her at 3,000. But anyway, come on. You owe me three more. Uh, I think Michael Johnson killing it in the 200 meter and the 400 meters. Oh, 200 meters. Absolutely blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, getting almost 19 seconds flat. You better hit this one in baseball. I'm going to be very mad at you. A Barry Lamar Bonds in baseball. No, not that one. Go no, ahead. but I'm going to go that. Like when every pitch they threw to him, if it was hittable, he was hitting it out. Them doing intentional walks on him with the bases loaded. Okay. I mean, that's Barry Lamar Bonds okay. right there. All right. And then, um, you know, it's, I mean, honestly, uh, watching Serena dominate these last mm-hmm. few years. Okay. All right. I got um, you. Again, but I bet you if I asked you the same question next week, you'd probably have different answers. But look, because, again, I had time when I wrote them up. Oh, yeah. I had that thing, what was mine, to counter yours. Watch this. Hank Aaron, 715. Yep. Okay. Before I was born. Here's another baseball one. Reggie Jackson, three home runs oh, on three pitches three in the pitches. World Series. Very nice. Because this is, this is you know, at the Seven, yep, yep, World yep. Series, the hype, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the pressure. Got a hustle, coach. Uh, Bill Walton scoring 21 of 22 shots of Memphis. Didn't make my list in 73 finals. One of the greatest performance ever. 1966 NCAA. Oh, Texas sure. Western. Before over, my time, but amazing. All black team. But see, at Cole Fieldhouse. At Cole Fieldhouse. All black team. Be, uh, races Adolph Rupp and, and White Kentucky. Um, Ollie Foreman. And uh, Carlos Smith, 68 Olympics. Nice. And uh, But anyway, I just that was good. That was pretty good. I didn't think you could. <laughs> I mean, I a lot of these answers, if I had to give it greater thought, I might give something else. I didn't mention Leonard Hagler. I didn't mention Leonard Hearns. Yeah, I didn't know you were this deep in the I boxing. didn't mention Hagler Hearns. I mean, these are all very important moments about for Ollie me. Frazier's? Before my time. Is that? Sugar Ray Leonard did it awful pretty. Oh, Sugar Ray Leonard was so pretty. I didn't realize we had that difference. You, you never saw... Ali Frazier? No, way too young. I told you, my first notice of Ali was in the early yeah. 80s when he was saying, Raid, yeah. kills bugs dead. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing it. Well, gone, foregone. Yo, like, uh, with the Raid? Uh, coach, but anyway, wow. I really want to thank you publicly for making this so much fun this last hour. No, I'm serious. Thank you so much. You gave me the assignment, brother. <laughs> hey, I did. Hey, rest in peace to Jim Bouton once again. For everybody out there listening, please. Oh. If you want to contact me, you can do it on Twitter, at Edge of Sports. For everybody out there listening, please stay frosty. Oh, my goodness. Come on, Wendy's commercial. Get gone. We are out of here. (laughs) Peace. Well, that's all the time we have this week. Thank you so much to the coach, Kevin McNutt. Thank you so much to everybody out there listening. I would love your feedback about this week's show. If you like the format, if you like that it was more conversational, send me an email to edgeofsports at gmail.com and let me know. Uh, or please uh, contact me on Twitter at edgeofsports. All of that is available. If you want to support the show, wink, wink, hint, hint, you always can at patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod. And please support the primary sponsor of this show, The Nation Magazine at thenation.com. For everybody out there listening, please, please, please keep this in mind. I'm going to be out for the next couple of weeks. And let me tell you why. I am headed to Japan to do some investigation work about the 2020 Olympics and what's going to be happening in Tokyo. So I'll be a little bit out of the orbit for a couple weeks, but I'll be back in August and I'll let you know what I saw. So please stay frosty in the meantime. We are out of here. 
piece. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep. Thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.